0: Thousands and thousands of book titles will be available at steep discounts in the online edition of Big Bad Wolf, a book fair that has, in the past, attracted half a million visitors over a single run. In this episode of B-Side, Big Bad Wolf founders Jacqueline Ng and Andrew Yap tell Business World reporter Patricia B. Mirasol how two years of planning went out the window because of the pandemic. The rising cost of logistics will leave a mark on the book industry, they say, and traditional booksellers will have to embrace both the printed page and e-books. The Big Bad Wolf founders also share how they grew from a tiny operation into a traveling book empire that visits more than 34 cities around the world.
1: How is the regional book industry weathering the COVID-19 storm?
2: It's been very tough for everyone in the industry. Sadly, in Malaysia, a lot of small publishers has also called it a day. There were a few uh, that didn't make it right. And those that made it basically, they pivoted online. The Western world, I guess it's a lot easier because buying books there online is quite a norm. Whereas in our region, you know, trying to pivot online is difficult, number one. And number two, needing to get the customers to buy books online. Because generally in developing nations, people don't really buy books online. They'll be buying food, Gadgets, clothes, and all. So getting the customers to understand that currently there's not much options, right? And the online is the best platform to, to get books from. Uh, with all the stores closed, e-books and audiobooks became uh, a lot more popular. So that also didn't really help the physical bookstores. So there were many challenges that industry is actually currently going through.
1: So what gaps did COVID-19 expose in the book industry in particular?
2: Number one, I guess, would be the way books are being sold. But the biggest gap, I guess, would be for the last two years, all the major book fairs, you know, the London Book Fair, Frankfurt Book Fair and all, right, didn't take place. And the industry didn't pivot online much earlier. That, of course, would cause a big impact on the whole uh, supply chain for the industry. The online component was so, so important. We should have gotten online a lot earlier or prepared ourselves much earlier instead of, you know, everyone panicking and just starting to go online when the pandemic hit.
1: You mentioned the supply chain. How did the pandemic affect the supply chain? For instance, did access to distribution centers become restricted or did you encounter any cross-border logistical problems?
2: Definitely the pandemic severely impacted the uh, supply chain. One of the biggest things was uh, logistic costs. Logistic costs, depending on region, like uh, within Southeast Asia, it's gone up around three to four times, which is a lot. From Asia to Europe, almost six to seven times. And this doesn't seem to be going down. It seems to be going up. You know, even our logistic company has told us that, brace yourself, no, it could go up a little bit more. We don't see it going down for the next one or two years until, you know, the whole world recovers from COVID, right? And like what I mentioned in regards to publishers, publishers find it very difficult to reach out to the bookstores, right? Because traditionally, it has always been going to book fairs, right? And that's when, you know, they close all the deals, they show us the latest launch books and all. It's just similarly like consumer getting used to buying uh, books online, right? Understanding, should I buy or should I not buy this book without physically looking at it. Book buyers like us also has the same issue. Uh, they are also afraid to commit to a book without seeing it and just seeing the files uh, online. And also if the trade fairs are impacted, definitely, you know, further down the line, everything else are impacted. But when it comes to printing books and all, uh, majority of the books in the world are printed in China. So in that aspect, it hasn't really impacted it.
1: I can't help but wonder, How are you able to manage to keep book prices low given the rising costs of logistics?
2: COVID 19 impacted us very greatly because, you know, Big Bear Wolf is like a traveling circus. We go around 30 OCTs. We have already pre planned for the next one to two years, right? Our stops and all. And COVID 19 just came in and blindsided everybody, right? So we were gearing up for 40 OCTs. And then suddenly there's no sales. We do have a lot of stocks with us, you know, millions of books with us that is and still its all logistic cost. I guess it's a blessing in a way, having all those stocks and then now bringing it online and, you know, to the Philippines and still being able to maintain the low, low prices where a lot of other uh, book events or booksellers do not have that uh, ability to do that.
1: Did your company have to forego procuring from certain publishers or procuring certain titles? because of the supply chain difficulties?
3: I think it's the way uh, the customer behavior of purchasing in a physical way versus purchasing online is slightly different. And the needs of an individual during this period of time is also slightly different. The good news is that the pandemic situation actually enabled more individuals to spend more time on their own. So there are many adults who were distracted due to their career or their family that went back to reading during this period of time. It's for different reasons. Some is because they have more time on their hand. Some is because they feel that they need to upscale themselves. Some is to pick up a new hobby during this period of time when they are locked down at home. Right? And some is actually trying to manage the anxiety and stress that came along during this period of time. So we see that difference where the type of books people buy is actually quite related to the need of the various individual at this moment of time. A lot of people take this opportunity to upscale themselves as well. So, you know, uh, we continue to sell a lot of management and self-help books at the same time, especially for parents. And there's a, a lot of parents that are very concerned, you know, that the children are being left behind because they're not in school. So a lot of children workbooks or children reference books are also getting very popular. Your company partnered
1: with the Philippine Intellectual Property Office. So how do you choose these
3: partnerships? We entered the Philippines market in 2018. The National Book Council was uh, launching the sale and one of the guests that we invited was actually uh, IPO Phil. So they came in as a guest and then they started to get to know us. And the next year, they actually reached out to us to wanted to do a collaboration, which we were actually really honored. And when we visited their office to also get to know them, uh, what I was so impressed actually is for a government agency to have so much commitment, you know, towards the general public. So what they want is to gain awareness through Big Bad World because we attract more than half a million people, right, in one big event, the Manila event. they would like the general public to be aware of what is copyright, getting your intellectual property protected. They have been so supportive because they themselves are also a bit readers. The great thing about our Philippine market is that majority of the Filipinos really, really enjoy reading. majority of them speak English. For Philippine market, we realized the first time we went in, uh, the customers are so excited already. They don't need us to introduce to them the book. We don't even need to explain to the parents why this particular book is useful for what age group, what kind of skill set it, it, you know, does it help versus other markets that are not familiar. And the depth that they read is actually very deep and very wide.
1: If Filipinos are enthusiastic book readers, what's it like in your other book markets?
2: I think if you're looking at regionally, right, between Southeast Asia, Philippines, Malaysia, and Singapore, we are quite similar in terms of having a reading culture. The difference between these three nations is talking about who has a deeper reading culture, definitely the Philippines. But the three of us are quite similar in a sense, these three nations, compared to Indonesia or Thailand, you know, right? Because English is not the first language there, right? It's not predominantly spoken there. I think one difference that I observed was that the Filipinos are more
3: inclined towards American, I mean, due to the history, whereas Singapore and Malaysia, we are more inclined to British, right, due to our history of being colonized by the British. But countries where it's very, very different, uh, like what Andrew mentioned, countries where their first language is not English, like Thailand or Taiwan, you know, it's very different. So in Taiwan, especially, I remember our first year there, even the parents are very keen and they are so eager and they do have the spending power to want to encourage their children to learn English but because they don't come from the background they actually struggle when they come to our sale they actually don't know what to buy because they're not familiar it was quite a culture shock for us in the sense where our first sale there we need to do a lot of product demonstration. So in Philippines, I will say that almost 50% of the total sale will be children books and about half is adult books. And that's considered a high percentage. Whereas majority of other countries is about 60 or 65% children books and 35 to 40% adult books. But for a country like Taiwan, it's actually more than 90% children books. That is a big difference there.
1: How much has consumer behavior and shopping habits changed this past year?
2: consumer behavior has definitely changed. So it's been very tough for the retail market. We had a, a couple of book fairs in Kuala Lumpur where the response was slow because book fairs will be big crowds. So nobody wants to go in any place where the big crowds are there, right? And so similarly to malls, with the online part, what we've done is that you know we push very hard online and we have a hybrid model now where we launch a physical book sale together with an online sale. So. If you're not comfortable to go out, then you can buy online.
1: I feel that Big Bad Wolf is very effective when it comes to creating hype before the actual sale. Please share more about how you're able to create this hype and how important it is to book sales.
2: I think be very genuine. Number one, we always hold on to the customers when we say it's everything is fifty to ninety percent off. It's really fifty to ninety percent off. So actually, there's nothing much to it. No, it's just uh being very genuine and very open. Just a little bit of history. When we started the company
3: in 2009, it was just two of us. We don't have financial resources. We don't even have manpower resources at that time. We don't have money doing advertisements. We don't have budget having agencies to help us at that time. So that is why the name is called Big Bad Wolf. We have the logo. We have that name and the persona of the wolf. What we wanted is to be able to talk to customers, not as a company. So it's a very sincere, fun way of interacting with customers. And I still remember Facebook at that time, it was very new. And at that time, it's also very organic. You know, now it's a little bit commercial. And that is our most viable tool. I mean, for a company that has no financial resources to be able to advertise in the mainstream media, that was our only way. And when the customers start to engage with you and start to get to know you and then start to see your product and start to trust you, they start to love you. You know, they love the brand. And because of the pure love of the brand, they don't hesitate when they need to let somebody else know. So we have customers who have been customers since day one. And they really, really support us. You know, they will share with their colleagues, they share with their family, their professionals who are, let's say, lecturers. So, I mean, we are very privileged and grateful that we had managed to have this following. And at this point of time where social media actually became more popular, we already know how to use social media as our main advertising tool.
1: How has COVID-19 reinvented the wheel of the book industry? How will the book industry improve as a result of the pandemic?
2: There are many aspects definitely for the book industry, right? Having uh, book fairs online, which is something very important. If all the big book fairs like the London Book Fair and the Frankfurt Book Fair, if you can become fully online and every bookseller or aspiring bookseller from around the globe can experience the book fair online and get into the industry, right? So it will actually help the industry more. And then also traditional booksellers like us, how do we get into what's trending now, you know, ebooks, audiobooks? You cannot avoid them. They are also part of the book ecosystem, right? So there's one thing to think of. We are also building another five to six bookstores in the next one year during this uh, pandemic period. And making bookstores into community spaces. And we all know that it's already trending that, you know, working from home or working away from the office is something everyone is doing or looking into. And so making uh, bookstores into co-working spaces, these are all the evolving parts of the industry that needs to quickly evolve.
3: And a lot has to deal with the concept and the design nowadays where say majority of uh, the Malaysians are not readers, right? So to attract a non-reader to a bookstore is technically very, very hard because there's no reason for them to visit a bookstore. So we use uh, our bookstore concept and design where, you know, there are people who come to our bookstore to take wedding photos, graduation photo, you know, they come for their Insta story, purely because of the design. The thing about books is that it's so amazing. There's so many types of books. So the moment you they come into the bookstore and they start looking what is being displayed, they will bound to find something that will intrigue them. And because the price is right, they will just buy them. So this is one way of also increasing readership.
1: Moving forward, post-pandemic, do you think that physical trade fairs won't be as important anymore in the flow of the book industry?
2: Definitely, it will be there but uh, at a different scale, probably a smaller scale, but it is very vital. Before all this pivot online and all, right, Amazon has been doing it in the States for a very long time. They were blamed for the demise of uh, a lot of bookstores, right? But Amazon has, I think, 12 stores at the moment. So it shows that there is definitely still the retail aspect of any industry being very important.
1: Is the post-pandemic future bright for the book industry?
2: Definitely bright because the book industry has always been so old school. It really, really needs to change. Most of the time when we go to book fairs and all, right, like we're going to old folks home. The pandemic has proven that books are here to stay and the importance of books. And the amazing thing is that books has never been given the best opportunity like this ever before because our job was always wanting to build a new generation of readers. And to bring back a lost generation. Publishers around the world have seen an increase in book sales, especially children book sales, during uh, the pandemic. Definitely, we see a bright future, but booksellers really need to evolve, including us, to take opportunity of what's going on and not waste time because once everybody starts running around the whole world again, right? It's bye bye. You know, you lost the opportunity and it probably never happened again. This new generation
3: of readers that was created during this pandemic is going to. uh, shape the whole future. Reading is not something that you read once and then you stop for the rest of your life, right? It's a habit. So when a child starts to develop a habit since young, they naturally grow up to be a reader. So we're talking about, you know, many, many more years and when they eventually become parents, it's very automatic for them to pass on the habit to their kids. So we're talking about a brand new generation of readers that is being developed right now.
0: And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Big Bad Wolf founders Jacqueline Ung and Andrew Yap talking with Business World reporter Patricia B. Mirasol about the future of the book industry. Books are here to stay, and the coronavirus pandemic has created an entire generation of readers whose definition of reading extends beyond the printed page. Traditional booksellers have to follow suit. Listening to the audiobook version of War and Peace isn't cheating. It counts. It's not a lesser version of perusing Tolstoy's masterpiece. Reading is reading. It's all about enjoying the story and living happily ever after. The end. Maybe not if you're Tolstoy. This episode was recorded remotely on June 23. The online edition of the Big Bad Wolf book sale runs from June 30 to July 7. This is Sam L. Marcello. Thanks for listening.